Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of NFL Unwrapped. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Perry Asson and Christian McGowan. Guys, how are you doing? What's going on, guys? Hey, how's it going? You got another really fun episode for you guys. Before we get into it, though, obviously going to talk a lot about the NFL draft, some other signings that have gone on around the league, but want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. Perry on Twitter, at Perry Aston, and Christian on Twitter, at McGowan75. Also make sure you're listening to our podcast either on podcast.com or the Apple iTunes podcast app. If you are on the Apple iTunes podcast app, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. It really helps us just continue to grow our brand. Speaking of growing our brand, we'd like to thank our network sponsor, Yamble Sports. Yeah. They Perry, if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, Yamble's an app now available on the iTunes Store as well for Android. So go download that before it was actually in the test flight system of Apple. So we were all trying it out around Super Bowl and it was super fun. But now they're doing actual contests on the App Store where you can download it and play their playoff contest right now. It's $20 payouts each half. Christian knows all about it. He just won. Yeah, so I just won uh, the Warriors game, uh, not this past one, but the one before that. And yeah, essentially what Yamble is, is they they give you little, they're free bets. They call them takes. And it's like, say, will Kevin Durant make a shot between now and the end of the quarter? And you can put X amount of points and they give you ratio. So whoever has the most amount of points at the end of the half or end of the game wins. And I know they've kind of expanded it now to first, second, and third place win. So yeah, yeah um, it's, it's pretty cool. And, yeah, and they, they keep they keep changing it. And you can, like you said, place the takes before the game. And then as the game's going on, they keep adding new ones. So mm-hmm. it's just a way to stay engaged with the games in front of you. And even if it's a game you don't really care about, you have something on the line. You don't, have, you don't have to go to Vegas and put down too much money. You could just Play a free app. Let me repeat, free. Yeah. Uh-huh. So completely you don't lose free. Anything. And they've given You're away the game anyways. Yeah, they've yeah. given away hundreds of dollars already to people. So place your takes. You right. gotta go follow them at Yamble Sports on Twitter as well, and download that app. And make sure to go check out our website at Unwrap Sports, as well as following our network Twitter handle at Unwrap Sports as well. Thank you for everyone that's contributed to our network, and excited to bring on all the new contributors too. Added a bunch more, so stay up, uh, stay tuned. Look at our website. Make sure to check out the Partner Podcast. There's a ton of content coming out from Unwrap lately. Yeah, we have a lot of Partner Podcasts that are putting out some really good work and everything from college basketball, NBA, more stuff that's going to be coming as well. And it's just a really exciting time. If we're not talking, they're talking. So there's always content coming out from somewhere when it comes to Unwrapped. And we're just trying to keep it consistent. We really appreciate all of you guys' support. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the NFL draft. So... A lot of, lot of questionable decisions, a lot of some really good decisions by some teams. I want to start off on a good note. Christian, I'll start with you. Who do you think overall had the best draft? So for me, it was the San Francisco 49ers, and let me give you a couple reasons why that's the case. So they won the draft for getting the second pick, but getting the best player in the draft by getting Bosa. Kyler Murray, while, yes, he fits Cliff Kingsbury's Game Boy offense, Bosa is the best player in this draft, and he fits exactly what 49ers need, and he fits that edge rusher position to... They really do have a, an elite defensive line now going Absolutely. into next year with Absolutely. Mark Armstead and uh, Solomon Thomas, too. Just to butt in, you, you have to really 
make a team identity. And I think the 49ers now, they are going to go on the defensive side of the ball. They want to be super tough to score against. And with Garoppolo coming off of his injuries, because he's only played, what is it, 10 games in his career, 11 games. He has a massive contract. There's a lot of pressure on Garoppolo and this offense, Shanahan. They're going to put up a lot of points, I believe. I think this offense Mm -hmm. is bound to with the investments they've made in the draft and how much they're trying to do. But I think with the defense, like you're saying, they're trying to make that the identity. And with Bosa, fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, they kind of had, I don't want to say no choice. I mean, they had the second pick and it kind of just fell to them that that happened to be the best defensive player. There weren't many game-changing Also, this this offseason, them acquiring, was it D Ford as well? He's yeah, now yeah. on that side of the ball, so they're really mm-hmm. investing into this defense. Yeah, especially up front. Yeah, you guys forgot about that. I think yeah. the 49ers are really focused on making the defense a serious focal point. No, they definitely um, made that the case, but what really sold me over in making them the best team in terms of uh, the overall draft is getting Debo Samuel at 36 in the second round and then mm-hmm. Jalen Hurd in the third round at 67. So Samuel is going to be, in my opinion, probably their number one wide receiver down the road. I think he has the most really? talent out of their wide receiver core. I know uh, Goodwin and uh, I'm not sure if Pierre Garçon is still. I think he's still. No, I think Pierre Garçon and them split. I'm I, not, think, I think he left this. Regardless, if even if he was on the roster, Samuel has the most upside in terms of long-term potential. And then their, their third... Their third round pick, Jalen Hurd. For people who aren't very familiar with like SEC football, his first two years, Jalen Hurd was one of the best running backs in the SEC. His yeah. true freshman season, he had an 899 yard season. Second year, he had a 1300 yard season. Had 26 touchdowns between those two years. As and a running back, going into his junior year, Alvin Kamara was his backup, and mock drafts had him as the second running back off the board, right behind Leonard Fournette. And that's him as a running back. And he was drafted as a wide receiver from Baylor. So to give some context, halfway through um, his junior season, he was really feeling banged up as being a running back. And he asked his coach, Butch Jones, to change to wide receiver after doing some research. Tennessee and his head coach said no. He went and basically went against the grain because he had a first-round grades as a running back going into his true junior year, and now as a fifth-year senior, he had over a 1,000 yards of all-purpose yards between 950 as a receiver and almost 300 as a running back. So he can do it all. Their draft from top to bottom, Bosa, Samuel, and Hurd, those are... It reminds me of the Colts draft last year when they had Darius Leonard and also um, Quentin Nielsen. I know they're different positions, but I think those this draft... You're talking more immediate impact. Oh, yeah. It's going to be huge. I think that... You think of Kittle, Pettis, now Samuel and Hurd, the past two drafts. The 49ers have re-identified their whole offense Definitely. in two drafts. It's, they, they love small wide receivers. That's, exactly. That's they love been speed. Apparent. Speed that's kills. And you have Tevin Coleman now and uh, you know Jarrett McKinnon, even though I don't like Georgia Southern. He should be back, and they should be deadly on that side of the ball with I a bunch of small, fast guys. completely agree with you. I wouldn't say San Francisco, for me, personally, number one, I have – the Redskins as my number one overall team. And it's mainly because, like we talked about before this podcast, Christian, they got lucky. They definitely got lucky. Haskins fell to them where no one thought he'd fall. I really was surprised to see him go to the Redskins without them having to trade at all for Haskins. It was... They have to send a thank you to the Giants. Oh, completely. (laughs) And the thing is that Haskins, Haskins grew up, I believe it was within 20, 30 miles from where the Redskins play. He's a hometown guy. It makes a lot of sense. So I, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Good for the Redskins. I really, really like that pick. But the thing that I like even more is them moving back into the end of the first round to get Montez Sweet, 
that own linebacker slash edge, Mississippi yeah. State. Four, four, you remember four. that combine? Absolutely out of his mind. Mm-hmm. He is an athletic specimen, and he ran, you said, four, 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 four for an edge slash linebacker. Mm-hmm. This is the modern-day NFL linebacker that you want that can blitz off the outside but also come up the middle. I really, really believe that he's going to make an immediate impact the way that Darius Leonard made last year, just like you said. So I I love that pick. And with Haskins, who I truly believe will take over that starting position from um, Keenum, who they did go and spend a pick on, but they needed to, of course, with the Alex Smith situation. They just got lucky. When you get screwed the way you did with the Alex Smith situation, it's out of their hand. But they spent a lot of money on him. They're... They're on the hook for a lot of money, so they're going to have to find someone to play that position without having to spend even more money. I think they already spent as much as they could going to get Keenum. Now they got a guy that I truly believe will be their starter midway through the year in Dwayne Haskins and can win games. I think they got a guy that is the future of the Redskins while nursing Alex Smith's situation to see if he even comes back at all. I was going to ask, do you think... Alex Smith does come back at all with Dwayne. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. You shouldn't plan on it. I don't think so. I think, like you said, Christian, you definitely make plans otherwise. If he does come back, I guess that's the cherry on top, and then you can figure that out later. If that He means, almost lost his leg, people. Yeah, it was yeah. This beyond football. This was gruesome. And not just that, they also invested with Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, Ohio State, excellent receiver. I really like the fact that because he played with Dwayne Haskins. That is immediate chemistry right there. If he does... Find a way for him to make that roster. That's fantastic. Bryce Love in the fourth round, running back from Stanford. Yeah, he's coming off injury. He didn't have the same kind of year that he had the year prior to this last season. But still, this is Bryce Love, very talented running back. You know that watching a ton of Pac-12 games, both of you guys. Bryce Love's a guy that now behind the running back core that they have, I'm really impressed. Because they went and got Darius Geis, who unfortunately got injured last year, but he's back this year. I really think he's going to make some sort of impact for sure. Adrian Peterson came back for two-year deal. Now you go and get Bryce Love. I really think this is a running back core with Chris Thompson as well, who's that gadgety guy. They kind of have a wet running back core. They kind of are starting to get deep, and they got veteran presence there, of course, with Adrian Peterson. So... I like that. They went and got a couple O-linemen the fourth and fifth round. And then getting Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver North NC State, in the sixth round. Big body receiver. Some people had a first and second round tag on him. It's a guy that slipped. Like, the biggest slip of the draft. DK Metcalf slipped, but not like this. So that's what I'm saying. They really got a steal with not just getting a receiver that played with Dwayne Haskins, who will be their quarterback. They went and got a big body receiver, which they were lacking. In the sixth round, after getting some O-linemen and going and getting a guy that could be an immediate impact on the edge in Montez Sweet, give them an A++++. I agree. The only thing that worries me about – I don't even know if it's a thing to worry about. There was reports of a heart condition coming uh, – What, I, what I heard is it wasn't even serious. I talked about this on the Fantasy Football Podcast. By the way, go follow that, guys. FFB Unwrapped. Mm-hmm. Me and Adam are back. We put out an episode of like a week ago. Super fun. We had a guest on there. We're going to be back next week too. So go follow that one too. But we were talking about that situation on there. And really it's just blown out of proportion is kind of what reports have said. Is I it kind of like Maurice Hurst's no, situation? No, no. It, it, it was seemed to be a lot more minor than the Maurice Hurst situation because that one's worth the drop. Like that was one of the situations mm-hmm. where it's, it four. still needs to be monitored for a long time mm-hmm. with him. And they got a steal when they got him. I think you just said the fourth, fourth round, fourth or fifth or something like that. That was a steal. 
this is a guy that it was just last minute might have freaked out a couple teams, you yeah. know. And but it was definitely like just because of the timing of when it was released, kind of just bad luck on his part. But not even because I think he landed in a really good situation. They've invested in a defensive line, the Redskins, the last few years. A lot of Alabama guys on the Redskins, and they've too. done well. So I think they're really the investments are going to pay off on that defense. Getting Landon Collins as well. Look out for the Redskins defense this year, and they're investing in that offense. Not this year because I think there's a lot of moving pieces with Haskins developing and stuff like that. But for in the next few years, the Redskins could be a team to look out for. Was Haskins the best quarterback in the draft? I believe so. I I think Kyler Murray is the most exciting quarterback in this draft, and he is the most unconventional. And like you said, when you find a quarterback that fits your system the way that he fits Cliffs, there's no second to that. That is number one. You need to find a guy that fits you the way that you play. He's perfect for Cliff Kingsbury. So I think it was the right pick for them. But I truly think Dwayne Haskins is the best NFL quarterback. I don't like any of them. I don't like – I mean I've voiced this opinion on multiple forms of media across many mediums that – if I was drafting, I would just not draft a quarterback this year, suck, and get right. Tua, Herbert, or Trevor Lawrence. But out of the quarterbacks in this draft, I think they he's going to be extremely motivated, just like Deshaun Watson was oh, with yeah. a lot of teams passing up on him, especially I with agree. the Giants in their division. Yeah. I think it's something yeah. to look out for. I think That's he's going to... He's going to have that Deshaun Watson edge. Do you and know what I'm saying? He was pretty much a lock at six up until draft day morning when reports of Daniel Jones being selected was coming out. So, so let's just talk about that really him. quick before we, talk about, before we talk about Corbin's number one team. You just mentioned Daniel Jones at six. I just want to get that reaction from you guys before we move on from the draft later and don't talk about it. Oh my God. Like what were they thinking? How do you not move back for Jones at number six? Or how do you not wait till so, 17? So how there, do you not wait till the second round? <laughs> there were there were reports. There were some reports that said that I think it was the Broncos and it might have been the Redskins would right. have taken Daniel Jones if the Giants had waited until pick 17. I don't I don't take that. I don't believe that at all. But also, can try and bail himself out, the, but I do not believe There was that. another report that I think it was two separate teams that asked Daniel Jones to work out as a tight end. He declined, obviously, but that there's tells a, you I feel like every, every year there's random teams that just ask a player. Yeah, I mean, Daniel dude, Jones. You want to try out at safety? And the dude's like, no. Daniel like, I haven't Jones, played safety since, like, like athletic. 11th yeah. grade. Like, I'm not playing safety. Well, that actually happened to the school that I played at, Brian Bennett. They actually did ask him to work out as a safety, but... He was fast and what athletic. Was he? He's he was a, quarterback. a quarterback. Yeah, he was big and he was fast. That makes sense. Daniel Jones is not athletic. He, he can he makes some good decisions. I would definitely say his field general ability is probably his best attribute. But he does not throw that great of a ball. Do you like, remember that tweet? It said that Daniel Jones looks like someone they would hire to play <laughs> Eli Manning in a movie yeah. about Peyton Manning's life. I, I think that it. was one of the most on point <laughs> tweets. The guy looks like a genius. Looks like he went to Duke and got like a four point six. Looks like his IQ at you know in the tape room is probably solid, but I just don't see that top ten talent. I don't see the arm of a franchise quarterback. I this don't is all. I don't see any. I don't see any. I guess. Yeah. This I guess. Only get a Duke guy. You know. So Corbin, I'm going to ask you who you think your number one team is for the NFL draft. Yeah. Who killed it? Yeah, well, so we were talking a little bit before the podcast started, and Christian and I were going back and forth on the Patriots, who had a really good draft. We can talk about them a little bit, too, but I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a really good draft. Not so much drafting a ton of top talent as just their first two picks really stand out. 
Josh Allen at number seven. Again, wow. they just like the Redskins, they need to be thanking the Giants because Josh Allen should have absolutely been the pick at number six. Completely. Josh Allen, there were some people that had Josh Allen as the best player on the board. He's yeah, Christian I he definitely right could up make there, the right? argument he played he could play defensive end and he can play middle linebacker if you really want to. Like we were talking about, he, like we were talking about Montez rusher. Sweet. He is the exact guy that you want in today's NFL. I think he's Montez Sweet, but a whole nother velocity. Oh, he can cover, too, because Montez Sweet can't really no. cover. But just like saying he's the perfect guy for today's NFL, and I think yeah. they got a steal. He can, fit, he can fit any scheme. They didn't have to trade, and the thing is, that's a defense that doesn't necessarily even need no. it. Our outside lands right now, who does the depth charts for college and NFL, has him as their starting strong side linebacker right now going into the season. So he will be playing a little bit out of position, but shit, you adjust and you find packages to make that man play, and... Um, I can't pronounce his name. It was Calais Campbell on one side. Oh, Yannick Ngakwe. Thank you, Corbin. That was beautiful. There's no that way was I was going to get that. But I could see him stealing snaps from him at the end of the year. And I, let's just be honest. This is football. If I had to flip a coin, you know, there's a good amount of chances people are going to get hurt along that defensive line. There's a good chance we're going to find him playing defensive end, relieving Calais Campbell, relieving whatever you just said <laughs> to play defensive yeah. end. But and then they have Taven Bryan as a... As a backup guy from, from Florida last year, from yeah, last year, yeah, first round baller. pick. Last that year. was their first round pick too. So I was going to say they now their defense just twice. But Jawan Taylor, just to comment on that, he is a, a mauler offensive lineman in terms of the run game, and they he gets to come into an offense that's going to run the f out of the football next yeah. year. So just in terms of offensive style play, he's not the most polished offensive tackle, but in terms of run blocking, he is a giant force, and they're going to move people next well, year. Most people had him graded as what, the number two offensive tackle? I had him. Some draft, people right? had him as the number one. It was that big of a fall. I did not expect him to fall out of the first round. And like we were talking about, the biggest There was only one tackle taken in the... Or no, no, no. But, no, with, I, but, with, but with O-Lyman, you were just talking about... You were just talking about I, the Houston Texans pick. The Houston Texans pick there... Even though it didn't seem like Juwan Taylor was going to be their guy, at that point, I think you go best overall lineman with their situation they have with lineman there. They went and just picked a guy, Tyus Jones or whatever his name he's, was. Tyus Howard. Tyus Howard. He played in the senior bowl. He's from Alabama State. Like He's good, I'd say, second round, third he round. He got yeah. absolutely worked by Montez Sweet. He did. He did. Song. And this reminds me of uh, Eric Armstead, who got drafted by the Saints. He came out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It was like a first-round pick that came – out of nowhere. Wasn't that to the Niners or no? You're thinking of a, uh, that's a Merck Armstead. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. Eric Armstead. Um, he's the left tackle for the Saints, but he ran like one of the fastest 40s for an offensive lineman. But he had like a third. He had like a third round grade, and then the Saints took him really high. That's the only thing that this pick reminds me of. But yeah, the Eagles swooped in front of the Texans, and you can tell when they got on the clock, they froze. They how do you not oh, take Juwan wow. Taylor there? That's my exact reaction when I was watching it live. I understand because that they need a pass blocker. I understand, but it's just at that point, Juwan Taylor falling to them there was a steal. And then you look at to where he fell at number thirty-five to the Jaguars. He gets well, to stay I, is in Titus the state Howard of a better pass blocker than Juwan Taylor, though. Yeah, yeah, you think so? I mean, overall offensive lineman grade, no. But if you were going as a pure pass, yeah. But then why not trade back? You could make any one of those yeah. arguments, but yeah, that was that was the biggest blunder pick outside of Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. But getting back to the Jaguars draft, so Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor, obviously two great, great value picks for where they got them. And then also I really like them taking Gardner Minshew at pick number one seventy eight overall. 
Minshew, I'm, I went to USC. I watched the games this year. I watched a lot of Pac-12 games this year. Minshew looked really good for Washington State. And to get him as late as they did, I believe it was the sixth-round pick. He's someone who I'm not, I'm not expecting him to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league or not necessarily even a starter, but I think he could at the very least be a very quality backup quarterback, which they just brought in Nick Foles. And again, that helps with Jawan Taylor, even though he's not necessarily going to be a great pass blocker, but just being able to continue to run the football. And that's where Nick Foles really thrives is not asking him to do too much, but be able to manage a game and win you the game when he needs to, he can thrive in that role, and that's how the Jaguars are setting up their season. Yeah, so the draft was a great one. 500,000 people attended the draft in Nashville, twice as much great as Philadelphia. Atmosphere. That's what I heard. Uh, reports said this was the number one draft atmosphere ever, that it was out of this world and really blew the top out of expectations. Shefty said he didn't even want to leave. He was tweeting that he was sad that he had to go. So one big thing that happened in the draft, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but we are going to talk to Rosen to the Dolphins. That kind of was made apparent that something was going to happen when the Cardinals took Kyler Murray. It actually happened at number one. So it happened in the second round. Rosen gets traded to the Dolphins for the second round pick, and it was a future pick. The next year, it was, I believe, a fourth or a fifth. So with Rosen, what do you guys think about him in Miami? Does he start right away? You honestly think Fitzpatrick starts the first few games? No. while, or do you th- I, th- I think this is a true competition, but I think you give it to Rosen. I think you just hand him your franchise, and if he fucks it up, you move on and grab Tua next year. You traded for a former seventh overall pick or tenth overall pick who – is already a year under contract, a year into the league, played last year, you're not having him come off the bench to start for Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is where the Dolphins have had made it clear in the past that they were trying to tank for Tua. But now with trading for Josh Rosen, yes, you give him every opportunity possible to show you that, you know what, you don't need to trade or tank for Tua because you have a quality quarterback right here. And worst thing is Josh Rosen falls on his face you get the number one overall pick. You they, take Tua or take Justin Herbert, and then Rosen's probably traded again next offseason. And they don't owe him a lot of money. The Cardinals paid him most of that cash, so really it's a very low-risk trade for them. They gave up that second-round pick, yeah. And the Cardinals did a lot with it. They invested a ton in their offense. With that pick, they even went a receiver there. It was Andy Isabella. They went with that pick. So it was crazy to see Josh Rosen moving on, but... I truly believe that he's going to be able to start most of the year, but I don't think he's going to keep this job past this year. It's my gut feeling. I really think that he's going to put up a decent year and they'll find a way to move on. I really do. I know. I, th- I disagree with you, Perry. I think he's going to have a surprisingly decent year. I don't think they'll I'd actually love to see it. I don't think they'll be in position to draft either Tua or Justin with how quarterback hungry teams are going to be next year. I think they'll finish. Let's just say anywhere from 7 to 11 in the draft. And I think that they'll get a good supporting piece, maybe Judy next year, or that dog they got at Clemson. Um, but how, how do you feel about it, Corbin? Because I, I think that they scored. It does go against their reports of trying to get Tua. But, I don't know, the Dolphins just have so many needs. They, they almost like remind they, me of the Cardinals. Yeah, I feel like it's a why not kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. You got... You got a quarterback who, if Josh Rosen was in this year's draft, he would have been a first-round pick. Yeah, right? For sure, for sure. So you traded a second-round pick for him, and 
in yeah. the future. Pick, I mean, maybe but... he goes number six overall if they want a tall <laughs> white quarterback. I mean, he's better than Daniel Jones. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I agree. I That'd be awful. I think this that. was an easy decision for the Dolphins to make, giving up a second round pick for a quarterback who, yeah, there's a chance that he doesn't perform well. But I think if I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet that Rosen does well enough to secure the starting job moving forward. Like Christian said, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be a playoff team by any means, but they're going to be good enough to where Rosen Rosen has every incentive to play as well as he possibly can to make sure the Dolphins aren't in a position to draft his replacement again. I can't wait till Fitzmagic and, is starting week one. That I'm, I'm going to shit my pants when the Fitzmagic part two happens. Just I can't like wait last to see season. him on your bench in fantasy. We have the Tyreek Hill situation. We're just going to talk briefly on this about what a piece of shit that he is. It's pretty much following reports from him in college, getting kicked out of a college for a domestic violence thing. He's had something else in the NFL, and then now there's a child abuse accusation that now is pretty much came into fruition. It's now pretty much solidified itself as that he's done it, and it's to where him and his wife or fiance were speaking about injuries to the child on a recording that got sent to the court after the case was really shut down. Yeah. reopened it because of this evidence, which was clear to how glaring it was because they completely reopened it to change the conviction that happened. And it's it's pretty, it's pretty fucked up. So we're going to talk about that briefly. Um, just kind of wanted to report what we do know now because there isn't a ton of information. It's just that I, I think his three-year-old son's arm was broken as well as injuries to yeah. his wife so and fiance. The DA when they were, when the DA was first investigating this case before these tapes came out, the DA had to close the case without making any type of um, decision on who was responsible. The DA decided that the child was absolutely injured and that someone had done it, but there wasn't an, enough evidence to decide who was at fault for injuring his child. Of course, now with these tapes coming out, on the tapes, Tyreek Hill was quoted as saying something along the lines of talking to his wife, saying she needs to be afraid of him too, insinuating that his kid is already afraid of him. Now you need to be afraid of me too because you know what I'm capable of. And it's sickening to hear something like that. I I mean, my stomach's in knots just talking about that. I don't know how any father could talk that way to his child. And there's also more reports that had come out I personally didn't realize what Tyreek Hill had done while he was in college with yeah, um pretty fucked up. When uh, I believe his fiance it's the same or woman. yeah, same, same woman. woman so back when he was in college, I don't know if she was in college with him or not, but they were together. She was pregnant with this child that has been injured. Uh she was pregnant with him and Tyreek Hill and his fiance, I forgot what her name is right now, but they got into an argument and Tyreek Hill went off on her yelling, cussing at her, but even more horribly, physically abusing her, punching her in the face, punching her in the stomach while she's pregnant with their child. I think he broke her jaw, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's it's really screwed up. And now we're talking a three-year-old kid. I know he broke his arm. I'm pretty sure he, like his arms were extended. He'd get hit in the stomach if he ever cried and stuff. Like Imagine being a child and not being able to cry without getting yourself punched in the stomach right. like you're you gonna said, cry more like you said corbin like it puts my stomach in knots to hit a woman it's unacceptable completely and we're not here to make that sound like it is acceptable but 
to hit a child, in my opinion, is the all-time worst. That right. is, you're the worst type of person. If you're, you're able, to, if you're able to do either of those things, if you have that in you, you're a monster. But to to do this, to be on tape talking about it, like proud of it even, to be like threatening that you're next to like his fiance, even yeah. though to be, clearly to be she's proud. been abused in the past. So he was the one that was next because she clearly knows what he is that's capable Perry, of. That's a good point because on the tape, it did sound like Tyreek Hill was kind of proud that, yeah, my son knows his place. He knows not to test me. No, he's a fucking he's, monster. And now this is, is the thing that's even more fucking disgusting is the fact that I guarantee you the NFL lets him back in the league. He'll be on the Browns. I, I, I hate it. And that's the thing. And if you're going to ask me, Kareem Hunt, all these pieces of shit, Ruben Foster, you shouldn't be in the league. You are, and that's something that we really hope changes, but it's just, I guess, something we have to live with right now. And we'll never cheer for these players. We'll never cheer for the teams as much as we would have before they made these decisions. Maybe we still will you know, tune in, but to know that they're capable of this level of you know, ethics, it shows the kind of teams and what they value in their players. It's disgusting. The Chiefs being how the Raiders and the Cowboys used to be, even Frank Clark. The new Chiefs guy has domestic violence charges. So they don't care what you've done. They just want to win a championship. And if the league suspends them, they got to find another player. So the Chiefs keep doing a good job. But next thing you know, Pat Mahomes may be playing by himself if everyone keeps up the way that they're doing in Kansas City. And with Tyreek Hill, I really hope that because there's a child involved and his history with domestic violence, this will be the first exile of the league i really hope that they take a stand that with everything that's happened even though they came in the league just like with joe mixon where whatever happened in college yeah. forget it you you're clean slate you're clearly a second shame. chance you're an abuser but whatever come in and abuse our players instead and they clearly still are doing the same fucking shit it's how it is. But now you have a guy that clearly hits everybody in his path. If it's not the guys on the football field, it's his fucking fiance or his child. This is the biggest kind of abuser there is. He needs to be exiled from this league. And if the NFL has any sort of level of ethics, they will do that. But like I said, my gut feeling is that he's playing on another team. Would have been the Chiefs if it wasn't the team he was currently on because of how they're looking lately. But he'll be a Raider or something like that yeah. by the end of this year. Yeah, I hate to agree with you but i'm going to with this i think disgusting there's i would hope at least a good chance that he doesn't play this season but i'm not holding out any hope that he never plays again i'd love to see them take a stand but it's just not going to happen the nfl when the ray rice stuff happened that was them trying to create the narrative that yeah we do not stand for domestic violence when in reality, the reason why Ray Rice wasn't on another team was because he, was, he had a bad year the year before, and, and he, he was just late wasn't in his career. Exactly, he just wasn't good enough. But we've seen it with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with D Ford. The stuff happened in college, but still, for the Kansas City Chiefs, right after this stuff happens, Kareem Hunt had already happened with what happened with him, and they had released him. But then Tyree Kill, they didn't know that this stuff had happened, or at least we don't think they knew it yet. They might have. But still, they had Tyreek Hill, who had gotten into trouble before. And to bring on Frank Clark now, the Chiefs are showing, if this is the mindset of every NFL team, bad look. as long as you can produce for an NFL team, you're going to have a place in the league. It doesn't matter what you do. As long as you are not in prison for what you have done, the NFL will find a place for you. And 
as disgusting as this has been and continues to be, I don't see it ending anytime soon because it would take an effort from different people on every single team, the league office, because if the league office decides, yeah, you know what, we're just going to decide that anyone with any domestic violence can't play anymore, unless all the NFL teams go along with it, they're going to be protesting it, even if it is silently. And maybe that's something that the NFL, if the NFL league office really wants to do away with domestic violence, they make a stand that any player, fine, if you want to say if it happened in college, you can get a second chance. But once you're in the NFL, once you are part of the NFL Players Association and no under the NFL policy. umbrella, no tolerance. And if any players commit any form of domestic violence towards their significant other, towards any children, their children or other children, towards any other human being, that you are no longer in the league and mandate that. And then if teams want to protest that, publicize it. Because I guarantee that no team is going to publicly say how, yeah, we're not in favor of the NFL banning players with domestic violence history. Right. Oh, yeah, but privately, no they might. So if those reports, the first time someone tries to protest it privately, if that gets leaked and it becomes a public report, no one else is doing it again. Right. No, I agree with you completely. He's a piece of shit in that tier now of players that are going to somehow find a way back in the league when we all know they don't deserve to be there. It's on you, NFL. Now the ball's in your court. You're He's a psycho. You He's need a to, literal you psycho. You need to make the first actual stand. You need to now, this needs to be the first player. We thought it was Ray Rice, but it was really for mm -hmm. reasons otherwise, just because no one really wanted him anymore. This needs to be the first player in his prime to do piece of shit things, to be exiled completely. No teams are allowed to pick him up no matter how they view the situation. The NFL made that decision because they have some ethics. Because there is a glimpse of you being a good organization in there so i i believe in humanity really hope it does happen but like i said my gut feeling tells me otherwise and i hate to say that i know you guys agree with me yeah we're gonna move through the next ones a little quicker we got raiders running back isaiah crowell tore his achilles at practice i know how corbin feels about the achilles injury it's pretty deadly it's pretty deadly and for for him now it's really unfortunate they brought him on because of the fact that Marshawn Lynch was going to retire. So that's why they made that signing when they did, and it was clear that Lynch was going to retire with the weeks following that, which mm -hmm. he did. And then they went in the draft and spent a first-round pick on Jacobs, and now it looks like he's slated for a massive mm -hmm. role because they were going to really integrate him, I believe, behind Crowell, who was going to probably have 10 to 15 carries a game, and you get... Guys like Washington, Chris Warren, Richard, them involved as like gadgets when they're, you know, being those kind of guys that you need now in the modern day NFL. But Crowell is one of those old time Carlos Hyde type kind of backs where you got to really just run through the tackles and wear a defense down. And now with this Achilles injury, doesn't have a ton of speed. This could be That's it a really. Career. Big downer for the rest of his career. For his yeah. career, it's done. But there was reports that Marshawn Lynch would come out of retirement to play for the Raiders again this year. I think after them investing a first-round pick the way they did and like the other running backs I just listed who have had an impact on this Raiders team. And they went and signed Doug Martin again, I believe. They did. After this yeah. happened. So I think that signing to me was another indication that it, he wasn't going to come back. So he might I flirt still, with it. I would still take him back over Doug Martin. Me too. But the thing is that... 
if you bring Lynch back, you're bringing him back to be your starter. If you're bringing I Doug, think, not I don't, I don't think you have I don't, to. But that's I don't think Lynch comes back to not start. It was reports from his camp that he wanted to come back, but not to not to play third string running back. Like no, it wasn't specific. But yeah, he has he, to he's, know that he's, he's one of those big time personalities that's going to be successful after football with whatever he does. He had just off Skittles endorsements the rest of his life. He'll be just fine. But I think he's going to be you know TV all that kind of that crap. Just kind of like Gronk, even though it's a little bit different but he's a funny personality that you're going to want to be around and have around i think unless you're guaranteed a spot on the field where you're playing why would you now take back your retirement because he seems very happy with it he's a funny guy i mean he's done it before i just i don't think he'd come back to be a third stringer he came back to he won't be the third stringer I, but team. I think he would after going and getting Jacobs in that first round and having yeah, as many. He'll be the second stringer back. behind Jacobs. There's no one on that team. Doug Martin, Jalen Rashard. I'm just saying, I don't think he'd come back to be a second stringer. I really think unless they and they didn't go and get Jacobs, that would have made a lot more sense. But now with Doug Martin, that's not. Would you take Doug Martin over Lynch or vice versa? It's more they just filled that running back slot that they had on the roster. Even if Doug Martin's their fourth stringer, they would have I think brought back Lynch then. You know, I think it's not them them wanting to bring back Lynch, it's Lynch wanting to play. And with the Raiders where they are and them actually being they weren't supposed to be in Oakland this year. They should have already have moved to Las right. Vegas when he signed. So coming back and playing for Oakland another year, yeah, I think Marshawn gets a chance to actually brand himself for post football life while being a second stringer. And we know how the NFL is. Yeah, he's not the second he's not the starter week one, but when do running backs ever make it the full season? There's a good chance that Marshall Lynch is the starter. No, you you can find a spot on the field. I just think he's even, made this decision. I just I think it would take a lot for him to go and reverse it. Even with him as the second stringer, though, he's still going to get a good amount of carries. You, yeah, you're not going to Josh know. Jacobs, who's had injury history at Alabama. You're not going to make him just this workhorse running back where he gets 25 carries a game. Right, I agree with that. But you have a lot of younger, more diverse running backs there that you can throw in at different times. That I like Instead of Lynch, who's just between the tackles, which you would hope for with Jacobs being your number one. But that's what Doug uh, Martin you, you have tons of third down backs that can go and be gadgety for you. you got tons of young backs back there, Warren, Richard. Like you got guys back there when... Bringing in a second uh, second stringer to just be a bruiser, like it could work if you want to bring him in as like a goal line back or whatever. Uh, if they want to make a spot for him, they'll make a spot for him. Like mm-hmm. that, like you said, Marshall Lynch is a talented back. I take him over Doug Martin any day, even if he was retired for two years. I'd still take him back two years out of football over Doug Martin because no, I really I think Doug He's Martin's a piece up. of shit running back. He's not that good. <laughs> He's on steroids to be effective. I just think it's with whoever's decision. If it's if it's Marshawn's or the Raiders, I just mm-hmm. don't see it happening. So we got some signing news. Ben Roethlisberger finalized his contract extension through 2021. So I know he flirts every year with retiring, but at yeah. least he has a commitment through 2021. So I have voices in the past as well. I don't think the Steelers will be relevant again under the Ben Roethlisberger era. So right. yeah, that's nice that they'll have a good quarterback under the rebuild, but that team has issues. It has issues from the top to the bottom. So I'm glad they can lock him up for some sort of stability, but I, I don't know. I so I would take year, the, two yeah, years sixty eight yeah, million. Yeah, was, I was going to say it's above thirty million dollars a year for Ben Roethlisberger. It's, it's a Kobe Bryant esque contract. It's a farewell. It's crazy. I really don't see how they think they're going to win football games moving forward when they're going to invest this much money into Big Ben. I really, I if I think <laughs> at this point in his holes. career, it shows a lot about him too. Like if he wants to win now. 
you take a smaller contract so that they can spend that money filling holes and you are that guy in the GM's ear. Like you're that guy to where you're making decisions together. Like they clearly moved on from AB. They clearly moved on from Le'Veon. Like you're that guy for them, but you should leave them with more flexibility after what they had to do to get rid of AB. He's not chasing rings. That's not what he wants anymore. He's a piece of shit. He's a selfish player. And I, I don't like Tom Brady, but I do respect the fact that he has taken so many pay cuts in times he could have broken the bank to stay competitive. I mean, having a wife that makes a lot of money. Well, that Tom, Tom Brady outright said, I think just a few days ago, the reason why I take paychecks is because my wife makes so much money. So, in fairness to Ben Roethlisberger and the other quarterbacks, I Their wives aren't making the same amount of yeah, money. Yeah, I and I used to have a mindset, especially back before Kobe had his last deal with the Lakers, where he got forty-eight million over the final two years of where I'd get upset at players for taking as much money as they could and thinking, oh, well, you're not doing what's best for the team. But in all actuality, whenever a player gets traded or gets cut, the standard line is just, well, it's a business. So even if the player meant a ton to the organization and had done so much in the past, if it made financial financial sense for the team to release him or trade him, that's what they were going to do in NFL and any other type of sports league too. So... Ben Roethlisberger, if the Steelers are willing to pay him that much, I'm never going to blame him for taking that money because at the end of the day, your football life is something that is very fragile and only lasts for a certain amount of time. So if the Steelers or any other team were willing to give him that type of money, he should take it. No, of course. I mean, I and it, I, but I just think how do you, like I said, how do you expect to win football games when you have so many spots they won't be that you need yeah. to fill when you've just invested this much money his, his, in the Big Ben at this his point. His legacy is pretty much set. He's going to go down as... As a toxic probably, guy. Behind, I, I, behind I Terry Bradshaw is the best quarterback in Steelers history, to- for sure. Totally agree with you. And if you look last year, his yardage, the types of stats he put up, it was an amazing year. So don't get me wrong on that. It's not like he's a, like he is maybe towards the twilight of his career, but oh, he's, yeah, absolutely. Still, he's still performing at a high level. Don't right. get me wrong. So Big Ben is talented. It's just you got to look for the future. And right. How do you expect to and, really kill the draft every year and he's done well because he's been surrounded by probably the most potent offensive weapons year after year for the last like five or six years and we're really going to see what he's got left in the tank having just juju and james connor but when you take that much money things are going to start sliding through the holes because you cannot pay other players uh jj or Sorry, TJ Watt hasn't really been the replacement for James Harrison in terms of when James Harrison was producing. So that defense really is, it's its freaking awful. It's not anything respectable. Yeah. So the Steelers are a mess. I don't know what direction to go in. 2021 will be a good chance for them to hit the reset button and figure out what to do. Another signing that is a lot of money. <laughs> the Ravens gave Justin Tucker a four-year 20. $23.05 million contract extension, including $12.5 million fully guaranteed. First two years, the first two years, an $8 million signing bonus. So it's the record for all kickers. I guess it makes sense when you think Lamar Jackson's not going to put the ball in the end zone. So <laughs> pay the guy who's going to be putting the points on the board. Tucker's but automatic. So in regards to kicker. kickers, he's amazing. I mean, it's a ton of money to give to a kicker, hence why it was records all around for a kicker. I don't know if I agree with giving that much money to the position. I think I do we'll not. go back to the Kobe Bryant statement where 
it's that loyalty contract. We got you, bro. Thank you for holding us yeah, down. He's a, he's, but a he's a kicker. So he wasn't the staple of your team. You know, the Lakers paid their water boy in 08-09 to Lewin after they won the championship. Really? Just to say, you know, like, no. We got you. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> we got no, you, bro. And I know there is value in having a good kicker, but... $23.05 million worth of value? You can't justify any contract negotiation they had that the net amount of what they could have saved from getting a different kicker i would just rather offered four million dollars more to any position player in a contract extension like i just can't justify spending that amount of money on a kicker but you're gonna get some head that's gonna be like oh well, they score the most amount of points here i i don't care as long well, as they can hit pats you should be putting the ball in the end zone and if you're saying oh well, they can kick 53 yard cool you should be putting the a ball professional closer. nfl kicker you should be able to kick it in the only plus. the only argument against that and i tend to agree with you too but so it wouldn't be four million difference because you're going to have to pay your kicker something and if you have even an above average kicker you're probably paying him what two two and a half million so okay so is the difference between an yes. above average yes. kicker and yes. a great kicker 100%. not worth it's not worth 1.5 if i'm sculpting a team they need to be able to hit a field goal from 35 yards out if i'm expecting my kicker to hit anything further then my offense isn't doing the job to get there yes you can talk about oh well this super bowl kick that super bowl kick you need to put the ball in the end zone with the offense. And if you're not putting your money to get the right players to put the ball in the end zone, you're putting money on, oh, we're just going to get three points, then you have the wrong mentality when you build a team. And I, you could put any statistic, kickers do this. Kickers are very valuable. But you know what else is very valuable? A good left tackle, a good quarterback, and a good running back. I agree. That's what I value. We're going to move on it's a little bit out of order the, just because of the kicker news. I know. The Bears, the Bears traded a 2021 seventh-round pick for Raiders kicker Eddie Pinheiro based on the conditions that he has to be on Chicago's active roster for five games. I like it. Uh, sure. I mean, this shows to what you said to where – this is reactionary. The look, Chicago is the most Chicago is the most triggered kickers, team I've ever seen. Now you well, just mentioned the, the word kicker around anyone in that front office, and they're just like <laughs> their left eye just starts to just twitch. Like, yo, my bad, my bad. It's well, it's like it's almost a curse now because kicking is almost like <laughs> golf. If you wanna, it's very similar to golf. You know, you're you're, you're pinning a ball in a certain area. There is a stigma now with Chicago starting from, was it Robert Agadayo? I can't pronounce his name. Oh, Roberto Aguayo. Starting from him when they drafted him very, very high. No, that was the Buccaneers. That was the Buccaneers, but he went to the, yeah. the, the Bears. From him on, they've had a stigma of very bad kickers. So, yeah, seventh round, sixth and seventh round is where I justify taking a good kicker in the draft in terms of draft capital. So, to take a seventh round pick... Makes sense. Yeah, but and, it, and it only conveys if he's on the roster. So if he's a bad kicker, they don't have to give up anything. So it's and this kind of a win-win. This for the, is after signing another kicker. I believe he yeah, was in the they, AAF. They, I they, think they, that they, was another They have kicker. like three or four different kickers. They're just Bring them they're all trying in. to make sure Bring them it doesn't all in. happen again. Yeah, we'll and see that's, after, that's after the Bears had Robbie Gold for, I think, over a decade. And he was one of the best kickers in the NFL for... The majority of his tenure while he was there. He's Last thing now, I saw about him, he requested a trade from the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but he's that. on the franchise tag, so I would. Uh, yeah. We'll see what I happens with that. Well, we got a couple yeah. one-year deals. The Eagles announced they signed linebacker Zach Brown from the Redskins, former Redskin linebacker. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Cardinals signing former Ravens tight end Max Williams to one-year contract. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about the Zach Brown one first briefly. Yeah. 
I think this is a great signing, low risk, one year, and this is a guy that's going to add to that defense. The Eagles already have a pretty good defense. The secondary is what I've always been worried about with them, mm-hmm. and they're piecing it together as it goes on. But the linebacker core and the D-line in right. Philadelphia is solid. He's a serviceable piece. I, I know when I saw his name come up, I remember playing with him in Madden, but worst comes to worst, he's a special teams piece, and he's a rotational linebacker for you, and you yeah. put him in wherever you need Cool. One-year deal. I think yeah, it's solid. Eagles have a good team. I think they'll be a contender next Eagles year. Eagles are solid. I'd argue he's a starting caliber, lower-tier starting caliber yeah. middle linebacker. He's he's a good player, so it's a good signing for the Eagles. The Max Williams signing. It's, That's whatever for me. Yeah. It's, it's whatever, too. I think Max Williams, I think, was at his all-time high coming out of the draft. I believe he was a first-round pick from um, out coming out of the College of Minnesota, but... That was his all-time high, and it's kind of gone downhill. It's since, just been so. disappointing. I mean, Max with two X's, like he's always been extra. Like clearly, Call like Mark. he's got two X's, but like not performing at that level. I think really the Ravens move on here. They've invested yeah. a ton in They've tight ends. Hurst. They have so many tight ends there. I feel like that's just tight end you and Max Williams just didn't cut it. So yeah. now he's going to go on to Cliff Kingsbury's offense, to where he has potential to do something, revitalize his career, and. In, Air raid offense. Maybe he sees the field for some injuries, or yeah, is, no, like all you they said, have is Ricky C.L. Jones. Yeah, a rotational or, tight end. Maybe yeah. it. I think that he's got a chance here. I think with the Ravens, they're so run heavy now. I wouldn't even want to be a tight end trying to revitalize my career in that offense right now. I'd be wanting more attention. No, yeah, I agree. yeah. And then let's talk about Jamal Charles really quickly. So he signed a one day contract to retire with the Chiefs. It's a cool gesture. Something I was glad to see. You think about Jamal Charles, and he was bounced around. Uh, what was he on the Broncos, and was he on another team at the end of his career? Wasn't he on the Jaguars? Yeah, yeah, the Jaguars. So it's just nice to see him retire as a Chief because that's what we know him as. He was for half a decade one of, if not the best running back in the NFL, and I'm not sure if he still has this record, but I know when he left the Chiefs originally, he had the highest yards per carry average of any running back in NFL history. So he's definitely, I would say for sure, a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, he's a four-time Pro Bowler with Kansas City. I believe he played, I think it's nine or ten seasons with them. He's rushed for 7,500 yards, 44 touchdowns. The epitome of speed before his injuries. I love Jamal Charles. That was so exciting to watch him play play with him on Madden when we were kids. Jamal Charles, a great guy. I really like to see that signing from the Chiefs. It's a good gesture, like you said. And I was kind of sad. I, I kind of wish the Chiefs looked at him and said, "Hey, well, we know we have a position open at running back. You wanna you wanna come back for another year?" But I mean, they even did. Nah, you know, they he, let he, they he, let Pat Mahomes do the handoff. Nah, he, he doesn't yeah. have a domestic violence charge, so they wouldn't let him on the current roster. Yeah, he doesn't fit with the culture. But he, uh, they let Pat Mahomes do a handoff uh, with Jamal Charles during their their OTA that. practice. It was actually yeah, pretty was cool. cool. Jamal that. Charles with the all black. Drip, it looked very Let's nice. See, yeah. He was very Met Gala. Going out in style. Nice. I don't know if they had yeah. Jamal Charles in that backfield, or if they had Patrick Mahomes back then with Jamal Charles. I saw he made a call. He said, I could only imagine we played together yeah. or something like that. Along I those am lines. full Chubb right now. That is <laughs> Nick Chubb. We're going to talk <laughs> about Redskins rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins yet again. Joe Theismann, another guy who got his leg destroyed in a very similar way than Alex Smith did. <laughs> Another Redskins quarterback, very yeah. eerie the way mm-hmm. that it happened uh, with the time it happened in the game. It was 
we said it in a past podcast, like ten podcasts ago or something. Yeah, there were a lot of weird. It was super weird. I, hate I think it. the final score of each game was the same too. Right, and but Dwayne has same day. Dwayne Haskins, new point, new quarterback for the Redskins. Joe Theismann gave is giving the rookie quarterback his blessing to wear number seven, which it. is pretty awesome. Joe Theismann is probably the best quarterback or most notorious to play for the Redskins, if not top three, and. Yeah. Right at this point, to let the new guy come in wearing your number, it shows that they have a lot of confidence that he's the future of this team. I really like that. I think it's a good nod from Joe Theismann, who was very vocal last year with the Alex Smith stuff. I love it. It it actually gets me a little more excited that Dwayne Haskins. I know it's just a number and it's arbitrary, but stuff like that when it means a lot, it does because it's superstitious and stuff. I know how that is. And superstars, if they really don't feel comfortable, like he wouldn't have done that unless he felt comfortable giving. If if it was Daniel he Jones, was, I was about to say, I, do not, <laughs> I don't think he lets him wear the number seven. But sorry, buddy. No, I, I, I wasn't super high on Dwayne Haskins. I give him an eighty-one overall in terms of a. A guy leaving college, B minus, but it makes me excited. I, I definitely will never root against. I don't root against Daniel Jones. I'm not one of those people who no. wants to see him fail. No. But I really want to see Dwayne Haskins win. I want to because see him of this the same way that I felt about Watson. Same I, thing. I agree, and I I hope the Redskins figure it out. It's it's really a weird situation with Alex Smith getting injured, and now they're gonna have that money tied up with him for a while. So I'm happy that they got Dwayne Haskins, and I I'm glad that. I'm not glad that he has a chip on his shoulder, but I hope it really does motivate him. And no, I'm glad it's going to make him well, perform at a high level against one of the rivals they have in their division. It's going to be even more headlines. It's just I love it. You add yeah, just I add love more it, fuel to the fire. I wish he got paid. More. You know, oh, I feel that. On a financial money, financial know? standpoint, he did yeah. get a little screwed, but, but he's definitely he, going to make it up in five years. Forward. You can make it up. You know, they're going to pay it forward at some point after they get this Alex Smith money off the boards. We're going to move on to Bengals, cornerback Darquez Denard gifts a renovated home to a family with nine children. Wow. Don't know all the details from how the connection of the family and him were, mm-hmm. but regardless, amazing move from the Bengals cornerback. Just a beautiful gift of philanthropy from him. So Yeah, no, I, I like uh, whenever we find the stories of people giving back. I know with all the domestic violence stuff that happens, sometimes it can – we do paint – people that do play football for the negative things that happen just because they do make the headline news and we report headline news. So even something minor like this, I love that we do spotlight it because a lot of those things go unnoticed in the day-to-day because let's just be honest, they don't sell as much as a videotape of a guy saying some psychotic stuff. You just said the perfect sentence. I couldn't have said it better. I really believe that we need to highlight these stuff to Mm -hmm. make sure that stigma stays not biased, to make sure that it's the bad stuff remains just a rarity. I really hope because you know these NFL players are making a ton of money. You got to realize some of the um, charities that these guys give back to that aren't made vocal, like we just said. So definitely a great move from him. Uh, some bad news that we were going to end off with. Unfortunate for Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former New York Giant, who suffered a potentially season-ending neck fracture in a car crash this last week. Right. Really unfortunate from a guy who had another freak accident with the fireworks right. and pretty much blowing his hand off. Was it last season? Or I think it was 2016. It was like two uh, or three. three seasons ago. Because, yeah, he, he, had, he, had, he had came back and played for the Giants for a little bit and hadn't done that well. But when he went to Tampa this past season, he had a 12-and-a-half sack season. 
kind of recreated, you know, he's 30 years old, you know, he's kind of at the end of his prime and he has, he has not, he doesn't have a right hand, but the, his thumb and his index finger are dysmorphed. He plays with a club on his hand and he had a double digit sack season. So for him to now be 30, he'll miss his whole season, be 31. It's really sad to see this happen because of what he went through to get back to this elite level. And he did go to college of the canyons, which is the junior college that I attended. And so it, it hits me a little harder because of that, but I really hope that he finds a way to get past this and come back and play for someone like the Patriots at 31, 32 years old because I still think he has the juice left in the tank. And both of these injuries are so freak off the right. field. Like yeah. the firework on his hand, that is a freak, freak injury. And then right, right. getting hit in a car accident, that's something that all three of us could have happened to us at any point any today. Point it could happen to anyone. So I just hope that he can rally from this and let his true talent shine because – He's faced so much adversity these past couple of years. No matter what team he's on, I'm going to root for him because that that's some heavy shit. That right. I, I mean, I hope so. He just broke his neck, so this is one of yeah. those injuries that it, it could leave him paralyzed. It, he could be still, done. There's so many things that could happen here, and it still hasn't completely unfolded yet, which is really unfortunate. I really hope, like you said, to see him back on a football field. But after the injuries he's suffered, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. And it's just, like we said, super unfortunate, super freak accidents. And you hate to see it for such a talented football player. Yeah, I hope he comes back. But just anytime I think about a neck injury, especially in football, that's the hardest one to come back from a neck injury. Just because if you're a defensive player, your neck's getting some type of contact every time you're being tackled. And offensively, too, you come down, hit the ground, your neck has to sustain some type of impact. So... Yeah, it's really tough to come back from that. Christian, you said you'd love to see him back in a year or two on the Patriots. I'd love to see him back, just not on the Patriots, because (laughs) I do feel like, and I hope that he can come back from this, and it did seem like he still has something left in the tank. So, Jason Pierre-Paul, I hope that you're back on the field next year, but please, not for the Patriots. Yeah, I... I just think the Patriots are always going to be the team that will take they're, a fly. They're going to be waiting like for them. I mean, the Rams are kind of turning into that team now with Clay Matthews and yeah. Dante Fowler, but I just want to see him back. Yeah. yeah. If it's not the team. Yeah, ultimately, if it has to be the Patriots, I'll still be happy that he's back. I agree. I I just hope he's healthy. I mean, if yeah. he never plays again, hopefully he lives a healthy life. And God, it's just, it's just sad. It's, it's a sad thing that happens. Yeah. It's a freak of nature. No, totally. But thank you guys so much for listening to episode 32 of NFL Unwrapped. want to remind you guys to listen to us on podcast.com or the Apple iTunes podcast app. We're looking at some other platforms to join within the next few weeks, so stay tuned. We'll probably be jumping on some other places. Uh, while you're listening to our podcast, want to remind you to listen to our partner podcast as well. You're going to find all that at unwrappedsports.com uh, and some amazing content coming from us there. Follow us on Twitter the network page will be at Unwrapped Sports. This podcast page will be at NFL Unwrapped. Follow me at Perry Aston, Corbin at Corbin Unwrapped, and Christian at McGowan75. Super excited about all the contributors that we've added lately, all the content that we're putting out. Keep signing up for our newsletter on the website, little orange box on our homepage. Takes two seconds, first name, last name, email. Get the best content sent to your email. Just wraps up the week for you. We're here at Unwrapped, but we're here to wrap it up for you. So I want to keep it consistent, and the people that we have putting out content for us are doing a fantastic job. 
Corbin with all the editing that he does. I'm reaching out to tons more people to try and keep growing this team the right way. Christian, I'm so excited about the college podcast that's about it pop off and we're about to hit yeah, next we're gonna season have to reposition hard. that you know we're we just we're hitting the drawing board and so for next season of college football it's going to be so exciting with the direction that we're going to be taking with the college football podcast but a lot to be figured out on that regard so just stay tuned we're just really excited here at unwrapped with everything that we have going on so that's all i have but thank you guys so much for all your support yeah thank you guys